The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on March 24, 2013, based on Luke 19, verses 37 through 40, a portion of the Palm Sunday Gospel. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit reveals our Savior, our Redeemer King to us, is the last portion of the Gospel for today, recorded in Luke chapter 19, beginning with verse 37. When Jesus came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. You know well the events of that first Palm Sunday. Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. The people bring out palm branches to greet him. They lay their cloaks in the road to honor him. They shout, Hosanna, which means, please save Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You know well how Jesus is fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey. Yes, Jesus, our king, comes to save. And you also well know how Jesus accomplished that. He came to Jerusalem to die. To die for all sinners, including you and me. He came to take our place under God's law and suffer the punishment that we have earned and deserved. He came to suffer on that cross, our God-forsaken hell, and so turn divine justice away from us, satisfying it for us. He came to save you. Yes, we know these events well. Now, how are we going to respond? That's the question we want to think about here this morning. As we witness our salvation unfold with Jesus coming to Jerusalem, how are we going to respond? As we consider that question, ponder these, last, these words of Jesus recorded at the end of the text here. I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. What's he talking about here? What what are these stones? And how does this tie into our response? Those are the two parts here today. First of all, let's think about what these stones are. Now, some think that Jesus is talking about the coming destruction of Jerusalem here. In other words, that he's saying that When these people of Jerusalem stop praising me, then there won't be one stone left upon another. In other words, when the praising of Jesus stops, Jerusalem will be destroyed and the stones will be crying out judgment against their unbelief. 
Now, there's nothing unbiblical about that explanation. We know from the scriptures that the people of Jerusalem did indeed reject the gospel, persecuting the apostles. And from history, we know that Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans in AD 70. But might there be a a, a better explanation of Jesus' words? Especially when we, we think about the context here. Think about what's going on. What kind of words are being said as Jesus speaks about the stones crying out? The people are are, are praising him, aren't they? They're honoring Jesus and glorifying him. That's the kinds of words that, that that are being spoken by the people. And when Jesus talks about the stones crying out, might not he be referring to the same kinds of words coming out from the stones? Same kind of words that the people were shouting and crying out? That is, maybe we could paraphrase it this way. If the people keep quiet and don't praise the Savior as they are doing, then others who you consider to be stones will be crying out my praises. Now as we think about that explanation, the question comes up then, who are these stones referring to? And to help us answer that, think about whom, to whom Jesus said these words. It says here he spoke these words to the Pharisees. So who would the Pharisees consider to be stones? Maybe our first thoughts turn to how the Pharisees looked down on their fellow Jews who were tax collectors, prostitutes, and other so-called bad sinners. Well, they probably certainly considered those people to be spiritual stones. But even more so, the Pharisees would look at the non-Jews, the Gentiles, all the other nations in the world, and consider them certainly to be spiritually dead as, sto- as dead as stones because they were not part of God's people. And as we think about the way the Pharisees would hear those words we see that Jesus is telling them that if these people are silenced if the Pharisees and the other leaders are going to deny Jesus and keep silent then others whom they consider to be spiritually dead will cry out with those same praises for Jesus will be praised one way or another. And when we think about it, this understanding of Jesus' words sounds very similar to how John the Baptist talked to the Pharisees. In Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist said to the Pharisees, Do not think that you can say to yourself, We have Abraham as our father, for I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. What a miracle for God to bring life to people who were stone dead in sin. And what good news for you and me, isn't that? Because we are those non-Jews. We are those Gentiles. 
We weren't born as part of Abraham's physical family. But God took us who were stone dead in sin. And in baptism, he made you alive, spiritually alive. (coughs) Through the prophet Ezekiel, the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Yes, we who were born with stone hearts, dead in sin, have been given a new spiritual heart, living, beating, alive, spiritually alive in Christ. And in the same way, through baptism, we were reborn into God's family. We who were not Abraham's physical descendants became his spiritual children as we became the children of God through the water and word of baptism. Through faith in Jesus, you, dear Christian, you are God's dear child. You are a living stone that Jesus has brought to life to be part of his people, his redeemed people. The Apostle Peter talks about this. In chapter 2 of his first letter when he writes here, You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. What great good news for you and me, dear friends. As we hear those words of Jesus about the stones crying out, see yourself as one of those stones. For we were once stone dead in sin, but Jesus came to Jerusalem to die in order to make you and me spiritually alive through that gospel good news. Yes, picture yourself as one of those stones. Shout with the stones. For that's how we respond, isn't it? Now that brings us to the second question we wanted to talk about this morning. Now how does this all tie into our response to what Jesus did? If we respond like the Pharisees and simply try to keep everything quiet about Jesus, then we will return to being stone dead. Jesus will take his gospel from us and give it to others. He will be praised, if not by us, then by others. So how can we respond? How can we shout out with the stones? Well, if we go back to that chapter in 1 Peter, where he talked about us being living stones, he goes on there and says... But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And that's what we see the people there in Jerusalem doing, isn't it? They're declaring his praises. Listen again to what they said. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So let's think about what that means. What does that mean to respond to Jesus by praising him, by shouting out his praises? Well, praising Jesus is more than simply singing a a few songs on a Sunday morning. 
It, it's really what we do each and every day of our lives. We want our entire life to shout out with the stones. We want our entire life to respond to Jesus with praise. And let's think about how we put that into practice here. Let's think about that as we take a closer look at these words of praise the people spoke. They called out, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus is our King. And since He is our King, we want Him to reign in our hearts as our most precious treasure. For He is our Lord. He is the Lord who has redeemed us to be His own, very own, ransoming us with His lifeblood. He is our mighty monarch, our king, who reigns over all things for the good of us, his people. As we remember how Jesus is our king, reigning over all, we we realize that as we make our choices and decisions in our lives, we want those choices to clearly show That Jesus is more important to me than anyone or anything else. We want to ask ourselves that question. And we we also want to ask ourselves, how can my choices show that I trust that Jesus is ruling over all things for my eternal good? And often, in any particular situation, there may be several good choices that, that do those things. There's often not just one right choice to the decisions we make. But those are important questions for us to be thinking through and praying about as we ask ourselves, how can I show that Jesus is my king who reigns over the choices and decisions I make in life? For he came into Jerusalem as our king to redeem us to be his own people. What a way to shout out his praise as we respond by making the choices and decisions that honor him as our king. The people went on and proclaimed peace in heaven. And what good news that is for you and me. We were rebels, God's enemies, hostile sinners. Jesus brings peace, peace in heaven, peace before the holy God in heaven. For you see, Jesus came to reconcile us to God through his death. For he became our sin and freely gives us his righteousness. He brings us peace before God, peace in heaven. And because you and I have peace with God through faith in Jesus Christ, that enables us to live at peace with one another in a ways in ways that unbelievers cannot. Just think of it like this. Because you have peace with God, you know that He is taking care of you. So we do not need to selfishly look out for our own interests at strife with others in order to defend ourselves. No. We can live at peace because we know we have peace with God who is taking care of us. Just think of it. When we were his enemies, he actually reconciled us to him by giving his son up. How much more now that we have been reconciled, now that we are children through faith in Jesus, won't he take care of us so that we can live at peace with one another? 
And all this is also tied in with the reason we have peace with God. We have peace with Him because He has forgiven our sins in Christ Jesus. And so also now we can forgive others. We don't need to keep a record of wrongs of people who sin against us because we know God's forgiveness. We forgive even as He forgives us. And where there is forgiveness, there is peace. What a way to shout out praise to Jesus as we live in peace with one another, cherishing the peace He has brought to us, that peace before God's throne in heaven. And and finally the people say here, glory in the highest. We want all glory to go to God, don't we? For one, this gives great purpose to our lives. Even the most lowly thing that we do is great when we do it for the glory of God. And when we remember this, that it is His glory that we are working for, that enables us to serve one another, to humbly serve others. Because we're not in it for our glory, are we? We serve our family, our church, our employer, our community, our country. We serve it not in order to get rewards or honors or thank yous. We serve it first and foremost for our Savior who came to serve us by humbling himself even to death on a cross. Who came to give his life as a ransom. He served us so that we can serve one another with that same humility and love. Knowing that even our most mundane, lowly tasks, even our eating and drinking, is something we can do for the glory of our God. What worth and purpose that gives as we shout praise to Jesus by doing everything for His glory. And so, dear Christian friends, shout out with the stones. That's the theme here this morning. Shout with the stones. Jesus came into Jerusalem to die for you and me. And through the gospel, he has made us living stones, spiritually alive. Believe that good news. And respond with praise. Praise that shouts out, not just on a Sunday morning, but every day of your life. He is your king. Let your choices and decisions show that he reigns in your heart. He brings you peace in heaven, peace before God. Live at peace with one another. And humbly serve each other for the glory of God. For Jesus has taken us, each of us who were once dead in sin, stone dead, and made you alive before God. Shout with the stones. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.